Hi, welcome to Your Cron, short for Your Chronicles. I'm your host, Scott Pitney. Your Cron is a podcast where we chronicle ordinary people and their extraordinary stories. We refer to ordinary people on this show as people who are non-celebrities. Our goal is simple, entertain our audience and perhaps even inspire and educate. At the same time, our guests build a part of their legacy through this unique audio opportunity. So let's get right to our next extraordinary story. My next guest on your cron, I've really been excited to speak with Dr. Polly Calarco Jr., who is at heart a seeker of truth, truthfully a seeker of knowledge. He feels that his lifetime is the opportunity to pursue passion and love. Paul is an avid reader of the Masters of Practicing Yogi. Paul's other passion is music. He views music as the auditory synonym of the written word as they are both channels of and ways to express emotion. One may also see Paul enjoying the sunrise or sunsets near a body of water communing with nature. Paul is a PhD sociologist with a specialization in gender. He has dedicated the majority of his academic career to addressing the inequality and through his true passion, lecturing undergraduates attempting to elicit social change through expanding their minds, unblocking their creativity and imagination and making them sharper, more mindful citizens. Paul is a professor of sociology PhD sociology, has a master's in women's studies at Women's Studies State University of New York at Albany. He is also a professional disc jockey and an amateur pool and billiards player. His book is titled Spirals of Love, A Journey into the Abyss of the Heart Space. We'll have Paul's book information on yourcron.com. Paul, Welcome to your cron. How are you this evening? Oh my goodness. Thank you for having me. I'm fantastic. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Well, awesome. Awesome. Um, thank you for being here. So let's jump in. Where is a good place to start your extraordinary story, Paul? Um, I don't know. I was thinking about this. Um, one, one story I think is, uh, uh, when I was a child, <laughs> um, was walking with my mom and, uh, we just picked up some dry cleaning and, um, for whatever, like the wind took the dry cleaning and, uh, it kind of flew out of her hands into the air and the, uh, the wire hanger, um, hooked into my eye like in my eye socket. And oh my gosh. yeah, like, I don't remember it actually happening, but I remember the the ambulance ride and I remember kind of just looking up in like the emergency room and that's pretty much all I remember but I guess there was a little magazine article somewhere and um, nothing happened to my eye to my you know my face no stitches nothing um, and uh, I guess that's kind of like you know what I feel like this kind of divine presence like you know not dodging a bullet, but dodging a wire hanger in the eye and still having perfect vision, you know? So I guess that's a, it's a good place to start. You, uh, are very lucky, my friend. Absolutely. I consider <laughs> that. Yeah. Lucky and, and blessed. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, I've been taking that a lot more serious, not that I never took it seriously, but, but even more, um, doing, you know, all that I can to kind of share, uh, you know, what I, what I can with, with, um, and, uh, you know, as you noted, I'm, I'm a professor, so I, I kind of, you know, feel very self-actualized in my, in my career and, uh, you know, deciding to put this book out, um, over the last about 18 months, it's kind of another, you know, contribution in, you know, the way that I feel a contribution to the planet. Absolutely. Absolutely. How old were you when you had that incident with your eye? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I was like, maybe I was five or, or, or five or six, something like that. You know, again, like, you know, before you kind of have, you know, 
uh, uh, detailed, uh, you know, memories, so to speak. And, uh, um, but you know, I just remember those, those couple of blips and, uh, you know, it's just something that I kind of keep in my back pocket as a, as a, okay, you know, I have my vision. Let me, let me try to see as much as I possibly can. And that's kind of my goal. Um, turning 40 a few years ago is to kind of see more of the world mm-hmm. when I can. And, uh, that's, you know, it's kind of part of it. Yeah. It's interesting. I was talking about this subject with a friend the other day. And when one is asked, what is the first memory in your life that you've ever had? And it's usually around four or five years old. And for some reason, it's usually something sort of traumatic or, or negative in nature. And I wonder why that is. Yeah, I remember, uh, you know, I remember a, a little bit here and there of, uh, of preschool, you know, mm-hmm. and then and then I do I do remember, you know, another vivid memory literally is, uh, you know, when MTV first aired, you know, when video killed the radio star literally and figuratively, you know, I remember that moment, too. It's kind of a, a profound moment um, also, you know, as we kind of change and shift you know, with the technologies we're doing, <laughs> we're doing right now, you know, um, through the internet and, and Wi-Fi and, uh, you know, and podcasts, you know, kind of changing the landscape of communication too. Yeah. very. But, nice, I, uh... but I still like, you know, I still enjoy, you know, a literal book, you know, and pages and hardcover. And, uh, you know, I don't think I'll ever not, you know, buy a book. Yeah, there's something about flipping those pages, and and uh, I think the brain processes it differently. I'm I'm no I'm not going to pretend to be a psychologist or anything, but uh, just being an avid reader myself of books, magazines, audiobooks, of course, podcast lover myself, uh, you, you take take in the uh, information differently. It feels like. Absolutely. Indeed. I've, you know, I've read many books, you know, on my phone, on the computer screen and PDF form. And, and, and I do, I, I just, I just enjoy the tactile, you know, kinesthetic flipping the pages and, uh, and just, just it, you know, that print and, uh, you know, which is why like, you know, my, my book, I, I, I'm not going to offer, um, in, you know, on online virtual format, like just, you know, traditional hardcover paperback and, and, uh, especially poetry. And that's what the book is composed of is, is poetry, um, which is just, just written. And, uh, I actually hand wrote, um, all of the, all of the poetry, uh, that appears in the book was kind of just sitting down and channeling and, and grabbing a pen and, writing in a journal and journaling for about six months. Um, you know, when it, when I felt it, when I felt the moment. Yeah. Interesting. And the thing about poetry, it's certainly not something you want to speed read. It's something you want to read, digest, um, mark pages, you know, dog ear pages for some of your favorites is how I can imagine reading a book, uh, one of my favorite books was as a man think it so is he and it's one of those kind of books gosh it's very short maybe 60 pages something like that i just gave that book to my uh 22 year old son as a matter of fact uh Mm -hmm. gift gift my kids a lot of books uh well at least i i see them as gifts they might may not but uh that's one of those books that you just read a page and ponder and that kind of sounds like what your book is like yeah exactly and um you know, it's, uh, it's kind of, it's love poetry. It's, you know, channeling the feelings, you know, you know, from the initial, you know, love at first sight, you know, feelings and, and, and how they kind of, you know, meander and, and, and bring you around as I call the spirals of the title and, and, and coming back out at the end. And, and I kind of decided to end it, you know, with when I kind of was inspired to write a, a good night poem. Um, and I call it a, you know, a thousand kisses, good night. And, and kind of, you know, um, consider that, 
the end, so to speak, but, you know, not the end of the love or the love story or the feelings, but it was, uh, you know, ultimately about 80, 80 entries. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of sat on it for, for a little while and, and, and then, and then just was really, really inspired to, um, to get it out there. Um, so I signed on with, uh, with Balboa press and, and, uh, you know, just, excited to to share it um you know and it's it's a little bit of a a vulnerable kind of you know exposed you know part of me but um i think it's it's one of those things where i want to you know i want to share it to you know inspire others you know and inspire it either through the work itself or the feelings that it evokes and uh, I think that that's, you know, that's, that's important because, because as you said, you know, when you, you know, when you've read something yourself and you know how it, how it made you feel and you want to like share that book, like, and that's, that's what I do too. I love to share, share books and, you know, I'm excited when I, when I read something that really moves me mm-hmm. and uh, I want to like, Hey, <laughs> here, what's your address? Let me mail it to you. You know? Awesome. The book is called Spirals of Love, A Journey into the Abyss of the Heart Space. And, of course, we'll have that on yourcron.com. I want to go back to um, thought I had when we were talking about audiobooks and podcasts and so forth. As a professor, do you, do you see changes now in, in the form of uh, going from textbook to, to more um, – audio type books or could you even see one day possibly uh, professors doing their lectures on a podcast? I know that, you know, that things are, you know, things are and have been shifting for, for quite a while. You know, I was one of the, you know, the earliest um, adopters of, uh, of the online teaching platform and, uh, you know, it's, it's a very common platform right now. I mean, some, you know, institutions, uh, you know, offer completely online programs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's, it's kind of like the, the ebook versus, um, you know, the actual physical, uh, manifestation of a book. Um, there's, there's something different about it. It's not that you're not learning. Um, but, you know, as a professor, like, I enjoy being in front of the classroom and, 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 and lecturing and, and the improvisation and the sharing of knowledge and anecdotes. And there's, there's something to be said for that modality. You know, I don't, I don't think it'll ever go away. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it, it is indeed, like I said, shifting, Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, we'll, we'll see, you know, the, the future will, um, will be told as, as, it, as it's written. And, um, I think, uh, you know, with, with respect to that, like, yeah, like, like, um, podcasts, I remember like when, when second life was really big, that online virtual world, um, grid, um, you know, software modality and, and, uh, colleges had campuses on on there and people were literally in the virtual world you know in a classroom so you know well that didn't last and and uh, and we'll see but it seems like these these online classes are 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 here to stay um at least for the last uh you know 12 years or so 13 14 years so um we'll see what happens i can remember I graduated in the late 80s, and I didn't figure this out to my senior year, and kids, don't try this. Uh, but what I used to do is take my notes, and I would record them into a cassette player, and then I'd take my Walkman and pop the cassette in the Walkman and just go about my daily business listening to myself, dictating notes. And sure enough, when I was testing, I could hear my own voice was giving me some of the answers. I, I know I benefited from it some, but uh, I, I think my point is that there, there uh, are different channels, of course, of learning, um, written, audio, visual. So I think it all contributes. I think there's a benefit to all of it. Absolutely. I do too. 
One keynote from your book, Spirals of Love, stood out to me, Paul. It said, um, your first collection of poetry will bring you to a place of higher vibration where you can feel color and taste the kiss at the edge of this lover's word. Can you perhaps give a small example from the book or um, something to the effect that, that describes or elaborates more on that particular keynote? I found that interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing like being in love, you know, and I, I kind of, you know, I, I, I kind of come at, at my class when I'm teaching as like a little bit of a stand up comedian. I kind of joke about love, but you know, when you're, when you're in a relationship, you know, and, and, and in love, there's, there's something, there's just something about it. There's something different about how you perceive the world, you know, and, and, you know, colors are brighter and, and tastes are sweeter and, and you, you're, you're more perceptive and, and, uh, you know, this, this, and these feelings, like I, I, I literally just grabbed my pen and, and try to channel, you know, the feelings and the emotions and the col the little literal colors, you know, and, and, uh, and get these on the page, you know, whether it was, you know, late at night or, um, early in the morning when, you know, maybe I was, I was leaving, um, you know, her and, and, uh, you know, watch the sunrise, you know, and, and, and just looked at it and, and, you know, pulled my car over and wrote a few lines and got home and wrote a few more and, you know, wake up in the middle of the night and feel inspired and write. Like, that's just, just what I was driven to do. And it was just so intense that I just couldn't avoid it. And, uh, you know, so I, I was thinking, um, the other day, like, you know, Romeo and Juliet hit me and there's just, there's something about that play that you don't get really when you're in, when you're in fifth grade, but, but as an adult and you you really feel love, like you get it, <laughs> like you, you feel it like, you know, the, the, just the line, like parting is such sweet sorrow. Like you don't, you don't know it, you know, and I, I love music and there's something about like blues music too. Like you don't, you don't get the blues really until you've actually felt the blues, you know, mm. and, and, and the same thing goes with, with poetry or, or love too. And, and so, you know, I know, you know, that in, in this world right now, there, there is in our people that have never felt that ever. And that, that saddens me or, or people who might have love and then they don't really appreciate it or sit down and, and really let it soak in like I did. And, you know, I want this book to like elucidate like that, you know, and I think it, I think it does that. And, you know, when I read, you know, when I read these and after, like, I would, I would write them and then I would share them like with my partner, you know, so I would, I would, I would write them and then maybe I would share it immediately or I would save it like for, you know, the next time I saw her or, you know, if we weren't seeing each other, I would read them an entry like that night, you know? And, and so her reaction, like, let me know that it, it really did something, you know? And that mm. was like my creation to like, once I had this compilation, this whole, this journal of, of poetry, I was like, I, I, I want to share it. And she was all for it. And, and, um, you know, so here's, here's like just two lines, um, you know, from it's like the beginning of, of entry 31. And, uh, I just numbered them. I, I didn't come up with titles like for each poem. It's just like numbers. And, uh, so 31 today you left today, you left with more of me, you know, and, and it, you know, just those two lines in and of itself. And that, that entry itself, like 31, like is almost a page written, you know, but just those two lines, um, there's so much there. And, and when you're in love, you just know that like you share a piece of your heart and that person, you know, leaves your intimate space and, and part of you does, part of you leaves with that person. And, 
you know, like, you know, anyone that that's ever been in love, uh, every one of those lovers that they've ever had has like a little tiny piece of them, you know, and you know, that just those two lines from that one entry, um, you know, really, um, you know, drive home that point. And it, it's, you know, I think, you know, I'd like to say that I, that I channeled, you know, some Shakespeare and, and some of the masters, um, you know, in, in what I've done and, and we'll see what the, what and how the public reacts to it. Yeah, that's, I may be um, jumping ahead a bit, but it sounds like for myself, if I read this, I could maybe uh, strengthen my romantic side a little more, Paul. Is that can is right. that a fair thing to tell my wife? Exactly. Like <laughs> I want, I would love that. Like, yeah. like I would love for, you know, someone to buy that as a Valentine's day gift and say, we're going to, we're going to read this. I, you know, I have to, I have to give a nod. Yeah. I have to give a nod to, uh, to Waylon Lewis, um, at the elephant journal. And, uh, you know, I wasn't, you know, I, I love his blog and, um, I, I, I connected with his blog and, and then he decided to compile a lot of his, you know, blog into a book. Mm. And, uh, I, I pre-ordered that book and, and I asked, I asked Waylon, I said, you know, I want you to inscribe the book personally to me. And, and I know it's a special book and I'm, and I'm going to save it to read it to that person. And, uh, you know, I had it and I had it through a couple of relationships, honestly. And, and, and it wasn't until this particular relationship that inspired the writing of my own book um, did I read his book mm. to her? And so that's exactly, that's exactly what I, what I, what I wish. And I hope that, that people connect with it that way. That's one way, you know, and then, and then also that, you know, that, that person that is imagining, you know, having a love or an appreciation like that will connect with the book also. Yeah. With your interest in music, have you ever converted your poems into a song or thought about doing so? Um, no, but, um, you know, I, I, I can't, I, I, I can't sing, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I guess, I guess, you know, historically, um, and, and even contemporarily, uh, occasionally I will, uh, I will jump behind the microphone and, and engage, um, in like hip hop prose. So, you know, I was, a you know, a hip hop poet, you know, kind of urban, you know, contemporary rap poet for quite a long time. And, and I still do write and um, I have a song that I'll be going into the studio and, and working on. And it's always been, you know, a little bit of a dream of mine to, you know, to to do music. And, and I and I have and I I've, I've performed in front of, you know, a couple thousand people before several times and and uh you know through um some of my friends who are professional musicians they've they've invited me up on stage to to do a song with them or jam with them so oh, cool you know yeah i've gotten to do that and i've gotten to be you know i guess your your 15 minutes of fame you know and, and gotten to do that but I, I still do write a little bit here and there um and, and get some songs you know uh down on the on the virtual records. Um, but, uh, but never, never dreamed of, of writing a book. Um, and never, never thought, you know, it, a non-academic book that is, you know, I've, I've written, um, you know, obviously I, I published a dissertation and, and have written academically. Um, but, uh, you know, somebody asked me if I was going to be a, you know, write a, a poetry compilation anthology. No, I would have, you know, wouldn't have been able to predict that one. So you never know. There could be music no. in the horizons. You don't. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, when you were talking earlier about uh, <clears throat> the words and and so forth, I was thinking about when I first, as a kid, started listening to music. I'm a, pretty much a classic rock guy, but I, I listen to everything. But that was my roots, was listening to classic rock albums that actually my dad didn't, you know, I had to listen to them in my closet and he didn't like it and didn't know about it. But uh, as a kid, I listened to the instruments. And as you, as 
I grew older, and, and this is what you said, what hit me, then when you experience things, when you experience right. your first girlfriend or, you know, getting a fight with somebody or whatever, then you hear a song that describes that experience. It's like, wow, okay, now all of a sudden I'm listening to, to lyrics more. Absolutely. I, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a professional DJ and have been for, um, just, just almost 20 years this coming year. And, uh, wow. you know, dang, a lot of weddings I've, I've DJed, I stopped counting at 600 <laughs> weddings and, and over 2000 events. And, and, uh, you know, I say to my clients, I'm like, you know, music is the soundtrack of your life. So I want to, I want to play the good part and avoid, especially at your wedding reception, you know, <laughs> playing, playing the wrong part, you know, right. because it does those, those mental cues, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, I have a bachelor's degree in psychology and I think there's, you know, there's something about those, those mental cues and music is one of those things where, like you said, you hear a song and it, it'll bring you to a place and you're like, or a face that is, you know, and, and you're like, oh, wow, I haven't thought about that in a long time or, right, it brings you back to high school or, or you know, a time with your buddies or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, I'll hear this one song and, and um, I can't remember the title offhand, but it'll bring me back to when I used to park cars for a living, you know, and, and, uh, you know, just, just that time of your life. And, and so it's, it is, it's a, it's a profound thing. And so, you know, like I said, these, these pros that I've, that I've written, you know, will, will hopefully bring people to places and, and, and you get to, you get to feel right. You get to feel color in a sense or, or, or hear, you know, as, as they say, the, um, you know, the feeling, you know, in the music. So, yeah. yeah. Um, can we go back, back to a little bit about uh, the, the history uh, of your career, Paul? How did you get to where you are today as a college professor? How did, did man, did, yeah, I, I know a loaded <laughs> question, right? But uh, it, just, it is, there's not enough, there's really not enough time. Yeah. I, I have to say that it is, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's hard work. Like they say, mm -hmm. you know, there, there's nothing that was easy about anything that I've ever accomplished. But the, the idea is that, you know, being open to, to your options, I think was, was really important for me. So I didn't, I didn't just focus and fixate on this is what I want to do. I was like, well, this is kind of what I'm feeling like I want to do. And mm -hmm. then something else would present itself, another opportunity or option, or, or maybe a door would close. And I would be like, okay, I'm not happy about that door closing, but you know what? I, it, I'm going to take a, a class in a different subject matter and see what happens, you know? So, you know, I initially set out when I, when I left my my home and my parents and, and set off to college. I, I was like, I'm going to be a doctor, a medical doctor, you know, and here I am, I'm, I'm a doctor, but a doctor of philosophy, <laughs> you know? And so, right. you know, that, that's, that's kind of the, the, the Cliff's notes version of it. And, and I was led through, you know, a lot of serendipity and, and luck and, and also hard work. And, 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 and I can't say enough for um, the mentors who, kind of helped to guide me and, and mold me, you know, along the way too. you know, those, those folks that, that took a little extra time out of their day, um, you know, to, uh, to share that and to say, you know, here, you know, have you thought about this? And that was, that was, you know, that's kind of a, a big part of it too. Yeah. I, I think it's really important what you said, because there's a lot of kids, my, my kids included myself included that, you, you kind of meander when you get out of high school. It's exciting because you basically have this metaphoric car that you can drive anywhere, but you're like, well, but should I really go down that road or this road? And there, there's so many directions you can go. And, and I think more people are like that at that age than the people that, you know, gosh, all of my life, I wanted to be a surgeon or I, I wanted to be a police officer or whatever. And, and they end up doing it. I, I think that's the minority. I think most people and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you're a college professor. So you're you're with these folks uh, 
all the time. Is that is that a true statement? Do you think for the majority of us that at that age in say early twenties, it's very difficult to find out what you want to do in life? I, I you know I think some people know, mm-hmm. some people don't. But but yeah, you 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 never know what's going to happen. You know, and 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 as as an undergraduate professor, you know, and teaching that one hundred level class and. Uh, you know, it's, I don't want to come at them too, too hard and serious. And, and at the same time, it's like, you know, they don't know, like, you just don't know, you don't know if you're going to, you're going to step off the curb and, and get hit by a bus, or you're going to, you're, you're going to, the bus is going to stop and the love of your life is going to walk off, you know? And, and so, you know, you have no idea. And, and, and I, and I didn't, and, and, and I experienced the world and, and I'm, like I said, I've been, I've been very lucky and blessed and kind of like, like, I feel that I've been protected. Like just that one story, there's two dozen others about how I was kind of like, you know, just pushed out of the way of the bus kind of deal, you know, and, 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 and avoided that. And here I am like, you know, they say like living to tell the tale. So you know, I feel that, that, you know, in my class, I, I share some of those tales in, you know, this book, I share the tale of love, you know, and, and, uh, you know, in my hip hop, I share the tale in that way, you know? And, and so I think that's, that's part of this, you know, and, and, you know, I connect a lot with like native American culture and, and it's, you know, that's what a lot of that, kind of culture is right the the elders passing down the knowledge and telling the tale you know and i think that's what your podcast is doing too right you know it's a it's an artifact that somebody's gonna come across and they're gonna connect to and they're gonna be like hey i want to i want to read that book or i want to talk to that person or hey i never thought about it that way right and and inspiring. And so that, that, that I think it's really, really, um, a a cool and unique thing. And and this technology connecting, you know, how we got connected through, you know, quote unquote, random coincidental serendipitous, you know, connections through, you know, Facebook land and multimedia. Right. And, and it's, it's a very intriguing thing. And so, you know, we're, we are, we're in a, in a brave new world. And, and I think everyone's trying to make sense of it. And, and that's what, you know, uh, the teachers are, are trying to do is to help others, you know, make sense of it too. Yeah. Yeah. It is very cool to think about, um, the way people will view us a hundred years from now, because the world is to me is exponentially changing from what it did a hundred years ago in some ways. And then sometimes I, and I love reading history because I like finding similarities that, that are to me or, or just, wow, I can't believe they were thinking the same things back then that we are today in, in that, uh, whatever subject it is. And, uh, yeah. And, and so, but, but we can only see it in written form and pictures a hundred years from now, yeah, hopefully podcasts or some form of the recording will be around where people actually hear us, hear our voice inflections talking about it and so forth to to be fascinating to see how they view us uh, in that time. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, kind of reflects back to the to the notion of love and relationships and partnerships. And, and we do, we have, you know, in the 21st century, I think, you know, like the artist Macklemore, like kind of covered the basis of like some love and appreciating all all types of relationships in all forms. And and, you know, whatever that individual is experiencing, that appreciation of of another being and partnership, you know, that's it's not only universal, but like you said, it it goes back to the beginning of time, you know, and and. You know, it's it's it, we're heading into like, you know, the, you know, the winter and, uh, you know, right now in the autumnal equinox, things get a little colder and, you know, having that person to to keep you warm, 
was you know way more important historically than it is even today like you couldn't he- turn the heat up so you needed to cozy up next to your partner right and sure. and keep warm and uh i think that 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 hasn't changed and and so i try to channel channel that too you know those notions of you know of what is the what is the pure essence of what i was experiencing We are very excited to have a new sponsor at Yorkron. Luxury men's clothing lines Thaddeus and Tad are now combined on one website. They belong to the same family. They share DNA. Might as well have their clothes all in the same place too. Both brands are typically sold at Nordstrom's, Bergdorf's, and unique upscale boutiques. But you can find them online at ThaddeusandTad.com. Thaddeus, the uncle is a collection of sportswear for the man who always arrives well-dressed, but sometimes breaks the rules. Quality fabrics are important, but so are comfort, fit, and details. Some of the pieces are washed and weathered, others more crisp. Thaddeus is designed for the man who is current and comfortable in his own skin. Tad, the younger nephew, is more rugged, more washed and weathered, but willing to learn from the past. Tad is the nephew of Thaddeus, sharing the same namesake and DNA, but interpreted for a new generation of sportswear. Tad is more casual, suggesting a more worn-in, easy look. The fit is slightly slimmer and trimmer. Tad fits the mind and body of a man who wants to put his own stamp on the traditions he has inherited. For menswear that is a tad dressy and a tad disheveled, shop online at Thaddeus and Tad. Another quote I found interesting from you about the challenges of the modern man, you said, is, quote, finding the balance during the day, finding peace and calm post the interacting with the busy, bustling energy, traversing the concrete jungle, end quote. What's your recommendation for one to find balance when things start to feel unbalanced? And, and Paul, is, is it always um, to search for peace and calm? Is that an always... Or is some turmoil good to help us grow and become better problem solvers? Yeah. Um, The, you know, part of that, I've always, I've always found something, you know, and uh, I think when I was in graduate school, you know, like, like, you know, it's a highly, you know, very stressful, you know, I went to an incredibly competitive, was an incredibly competitive um, graduate program and and I, I came across Tai Chi and to do that you know a couple hours a week was a way to just exit the thousand pages that I had to read and the you know the 30 pages I had to write that week and and for that hour concentrating on you know just 24 forms and movements was, was just amazing. And it was refreshing. And, um, you know, the last, uh, three and a half years, uh, yoga has been that for me and the idea of, of stepping outside of the world and, and taking time for yourself to release every single thing that's going on and all of the tasks and checklists and traffic and lights and buzz for an hour, there's nothing like it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm a hot yoga person. So I, I, I love being in that room at 90 plus degrees and, it's another way to just to just release because the only thing you can do is focus on that one pose 
and you just let go of whatever it is and and even thoughts cease you know and you and you find the still and i think that that there's just something about that feeling and you know sometimes it's five seconds too sometimes it's like taking you know taking a deep breath and just slowing down you know and 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 you've heard that like count to 10 right people tell you you know before you say that count to 10 and think about it right and and it's that it's just it's it's that and those notions and so you know i think i think today you know modern you know in the modern world the hustle the bustle the especially you know you said you have children folks with children you know getting them places and and doing those things it's uh it's it's a lot and it's a lot and and so you have to find time for you you have to find you know that time like that that notion of self-love and finding that time and space for you to just be and uh, i um can totally relate uh taught and trained in martial arts for 31 years and I practice yoga well Fridays are my yoga days um, yep. and we call it in in martial arts world anyway we call it moving meditation you know the forms uh, sure. you're absolutely right and I, I think you know we, we say and we meditate before class and and we say you know, you know, stand in a certain posture and we're going to breathe and clear our minds. But the truth is you can't really stop thoughts. In my opinion, you can't stop thoughts, but you can redirect them. So, right. uh, you know, I, I use this example in another podcast. I think that remind me as a kid, especially with math for me, algebra, mostly, um, I'd be struggling with a problem and uh, just grinding. And my dad was very good mathematician. He was a geophysicist, so he knew math, and, and he would get impatient trying to teach me. But it would just, I'd be just be banging my head, and then all of a sudden, it's just like a light went on, and and I just would go, "How did I miss that? It's so simple now, you know." Yeah. And, and 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 I think that's part of what that does is is if you just redirect your mind it makes coming back to the same problem so much more solvable absolutely or yeah i mean there's a lot of different methods right you right. know even letting, you, you letting, don't have to do more sorry you don't have to do martial arts or yoga you can, you can just paint a room you know, just something oh, to, to redirect. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I did. And I did that, you know, I did that for a little bit, you know, professionally working with, uh, with a construction company and, and you do like, you know, it's, it's amazing. There's an art to painting and I, and I became a, a professional grade painter and I do, I find that Zen in painting and I'll find it out there landscaping because I was a professional landscaper and, and, and you do, you, you find that, you know, but some careers don't allow that type of, you know, mindfulness or, or, you know, be, being able to just focus on that point. So you have to, you have to make that time for yourself. You know, if you, you work in a cubicle, well, you know, it's like, I always tell people, it's like, get outside, you know, <laughs> get outside for, for, for five minutes and 10 minutes and, you know, let the sun hit you or, you know, go, go breathe in some fresh air and, and, uh, find that space. And there's a few buddies that I've said, you know, come with, come with me to yoga, you know, and, 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 um, you know, my treat, you know, and, <laughs> and, you know, it's like, you know, just finding that. And, uh, and yeah, like, you know, martial arts, I've always connected with, with that and, and, and did a little bit here and there. And, and, um, you know, that, that idea of like, just, you know, focus, right. And, and clearing the mind and, uh, you know, and like you said, like, yeah, there will be thoughts, like it's never totally gone, but you know, the thoughts, you don't let them stick, you let them flow. And, and, and I think like, 
you know, like I've always connected with like some of Bruce Lee's notions and like that, that idea of being water, right? Just going with the flow and not letting it bother you. And, and, and also knowing when to like walk away too, right? Like, so that math problem, like walk away for a little while, you know, and writing a book or writing, you know, you, you can't, you can't say, okay, Friday at 9am, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write, you know, you the right when the writing is there, when the inspiration is there, right? It's got to be inspired action, not, not forced action. I think that's a, it's a big lesson that I learned from, from some of the masters that I've read, you know, and, and, and listened to and, and went to lectures and, you know, you, you can't, you can't force it. You can't make it happen, but you know, you can allow it and let it happen to you. Yeah. Um, my, my son and I are actually co-authoring a book right now. And I, I guess everybody's a little different because I, I approach it a little bit differently. I do have my set writing times and I do kind of force myself to write. And, and I told him this, that, you know, this is not how, I'm telling you how to do it, uh, but this is this works for me. And even if I'm struggling with what I want to say, um, I, I just the act of writing, even if it's just gibberish, just just start typing. And lo and behold, you know, I might have crap after 20 minutes, but sometimes a thought may come and it just flows out. And so the next day I'll. I'll always edit what I wrote the previous writing. And, uh, um, and that also helps me to, when, when I have a thought that's flowing to, to keep that, um, flow going. So I don't know, I guess it can work different ways for different, different people. I, I think so. I, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, a few of the words that I, that I wrote for you that you read, you read earlier. Um, you know, it was like a, Going, it's going to the refrigerator and 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 opening a night and a couple of those words like hit me and I and I ran over to the computer. I stopped what I was doing and I sat down and I and I wrote, you know, for twenty minutes and I was like, okay, that I'm glad I did that because I wouldn't have been there, you know, and 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 I have and I and I've sat at that that blank page and 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 you do you have to get some stuff down sometimes too. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's, there's a limit to it, you sure. know, and, and, uh, um, you know, it, it's always good to, to, to try, right. And to, and to get some things down and then reflect on it. And, and again, you know, that's the idea too. Like you're sitting down and then something will inspire you and you might pick up that spark too. Right. And, and I've done that, you know, with music, you know, mm-hmm. remind, you know, your little story reminded me of, you know, uh, my buddy Todd, I recorded a few songs with him in his, uh, in his home studio and, and, uh, I'll have a little block and he'll be like, all right, I'm going upstairs and he'll leave me there to like stew. <laughs> and, you know, it's always good to have that like accountability partner, you know, that like, like I know in the back of my mind, he's up there yeah. and he's going back down eventually and I should have something done. And, and, you know, and I always thank him at the end. I'm like, man, that was a difficult hour and a half, but I got it. Yeah. You know, heard it out. And so, yeah, so there is, there is that. And that's kind of like the hard work too. You yeah. know, there's, and it's a balance, right? You know, and you're, and you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it in the first shot. You're not going to sit down and, and write a book also. That's a, it's a lesson to the students. You know, I'm like, you got to read it, review it revise it, resubmit it, you know, and, and, uh, it's a process sure. and it's, a, it's an arduous process, but I have to say like this, these pros for this book, <laughs> they, they just, they just wrote themselves. And that was, that was a wild, a wild experience for the most part. There was, there was barely any editing. It was sit down and the, and the pen just moved and then it was done. <laughs> and uh that was that was a pretty pretty profound thing and it's very different than 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 academic writing you know when you're when you're setting forth you're like i'm gonna write an article about this topic right you know it was like i'm just gonna write and that was kind of a wild thing and i think there's again there's something different about typing and 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 hand scribing something too you know and and uh that was that was this this process yeah. 
Yeah, and, and the accountability thing, uh, my son and I, you know, we have our regular weekly meeting, and that <laughs> that hit home when you said that with me because that, you know, you, you want to have something before that meeting <laughs> because, you know, we don't talk about it too much uh, until that meeting, but we want to have something written. So we'll have something to talk about. So accountability, that's, that's a very good point. So Paul, you're a DJ, a pool player and a professor. How do you personally balance your life? And, uh, and if you could make a living at any one of those three, Hmm. what would you do for a living? Yeah. I, you know, I, I kind of say this to everyone, like I don't have to, I don't have to make that choice and haven't had to, uh, I, and I enjoy, I enjoy them all. You know, I think there's, you know, I get, I get something out of, out of all of it, you know, the pool, like I could actually live, live without it. And it's, it's kind of one of those things. It's like my, I always tell people it's like my, my version of golf, you know, it's like you keep playing because it's like the challenge of it. You know, it's like that, that personal, that personal challenge, whether it's on, you know, on the golf course or the, the pool table or the dartboard or, or anything that kind of takes that, that personal, that personal skill. And that's challenging and it's, uh, presents itself differently every time. Um, but I, I don't play as much, even though I, I do enjoy it, but it was very, very competitive. And that was another thing like, you know, during grad school, it was like my, my personal time, the headspace, like finding, the Zen in that, you know, finding the Zen in, in the, the game. So a lot of people are, you know, will ask or girlfriend would ask, like, do you have fun? And be like, no, <laughs> you know, even, I mean, you know, to me, yes, it's, it's fun, but it was, it's about the competition, you know, sure. and, and, uh, you know, like that whole color of money, like it's, it's always, it always feels good to win, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I think it's a cultural thing that I, I lecture on too. There's, there's something about winning, winning a contest, but I find myself, um, you know, more and more these days, like, you know, there's, there is an entry that talks about like, you know, like, like losing and kind of like that idea of like, you know, when you have a love in your life or something like that, like, even if you lose on the game of pool, it just doesn't matter. You know, yeah. some of those things that they're, they're it's like meaningless, but you know, you can, you can, you can let it bother you or it'll bother you. But at the same time, it's like, no, it's just such a small little, little thing, this meaningless little, little contest. Um, and I think when, when you're in love, it's less, it's less meaningful. Um, so I think I find myself playing more pool, like when I'm single, because <laughs> I, you know, you're, you have, you have more free time sure. in a sense. And, and, uh, at the same time, it's like, well, do I want to want to sit in a pool room and, and, and knock balls around? Or do I want to spend time with, with my partner that I appreciate spending time with? You know, I think that's, that's something that, you know, kind of cuts across, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think I would feel actualized. Um, if, if I was playing pool, like say for a living, or if I was just DJing for a living too, because, you know, even though I know I'm providing a great service and and making someone's day special, which that when, when they show their appreciation to me or they leave a review about my services and I'm very humbled by that, you know, and, and that's what drives me to do that because, I, I know I'm providing a, an excellent service, but there's something different about like what I know I'm doing in the classroom, you know, and having, you know, been a full-time professor for 12 years now um, at uh, Hudson Valley Community College, you know, the the idea is like, you know, making an impact and, and inspiring those students. There's There's nothing like it. So, you know, I'm glad that I, I don't have to actually choose, but I can find, you know, you know, that, that I find that appreciation in, in, in DJing because it's fun, you know, and, and I enjoy it and it is challenging and, you know, it's not, it's not really easy. It just comes easy to me. You know, it's like the, you know, folks have said that the longer you do something, you know, the, the better you are at it and the easier it comes to you. So, you know, people look at it and they're like, Oh, that's looks easy. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> for me now, or, 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 or being, you know, some folks might find, you know, engaging in a, in and on a podcast or in front of a microphone 
challenging, right? You know, for me, doing it this long, not a problem. Yeah. You know? And you, you have a, a great DJ voice, by, by the way. Did, were, were you told that? How did, how did you get it? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's... You, that's you really do. You have that like, FM quality voice. <laughs> right. You know, it was, it, was a, it was a little bit of a dream to be, like, a radio DJ, be a professional, like hip-hop dj and then like i said the rap thing and and then when i started rapping like you know going to open mics like when i was in college with one of my buddies um we used to have a duo and uh you know i remember we went and we were performing and there was the the local rap station here like one of their one of their big djs very recognizable guy he was he was there that night and we got off stage he's like he came up to me. He's like, man, I, when I walked in here and I heard you, he's like, I thought you were like six foot two black guy, you know? And, <laughs> and so, you know, for me, like, that was like, that was like, yeah, like awesome. You know, I'm glad that, that, that he said that to me and, you know, and, and, and then, you know, talking on the phone, like, you know, with, with, with my girlfriend, she's like, has anyone ever told you that, you know, you're you know, like your voice or whatever. And I'm like, no, no one's ever told me that. Right. So, um, it's, 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 it's again, like, that's a gift, you know? So like when, when, when you asked me to be on your podcast, I'm like, awesome. You know, it's yeah. a, it's a time and a place that, you know, again, somebody turned to the podcast, like, Oh, that voice, right. Or, or listen to a song or, 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 or attending a lecture. And I'll get that too. Like I would, I was out like actually, um doing a gig at a at a mall like a real you know local mall and and um a student ended up coming by and saying i thought that was you i heard your voice you know when i was shopping <laughs> and had to see if it was you you know so i do I, I have that you know that that character but um did a little college radio just for you know a couple of sessions like just going on and guest spinning but uh but i think that's you know when when people suggest and they they like having me as an MC, you know, because I'm able to kind of carry a room and, and control a crowd and, and get people going uh, that way too. No doubt about it. Well, Paul, it's been a fascinating conversation. I, I really appreciate you being on the show. I, of course, my last question is familiar to regular listeners and it is a legacy question that we kind of touched on earlier. If someone in your extended family, perhaps a great grandchild is listening. What would you like to say to them? What would you like them to take away from this podcast? Man, <laughs> I, I, I think it's, you know, I try to do this with, with my children now, you know, it's like you try to instill all the best values that you possibly can and, and you want them to you know like we were talking about you want them to appreciate the moments to appreciate life to appreciate what they have and take those opportunities you know and and uh you know my my son right now is 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 finding some opportunities and it's like you know you get you gotta you gotta work at it and you gotta grind it out you gotta get it done and um I think, you know, I, I reflect a lot on my ancestors. Actually, I talked about that this morning, um, you know, that we are a reflection of our lineage. So I hope that not only that my life is and serves as a beacon for like the general population, but as a beacon for, you know, my kin, you know, so they can look back at what I've done and what I've accomplished and say, okay, you know, dad, granddad, great granddad did an amazing thing and I'm going to one up him, you know? And, and I think that's, that's it. And I was, I was looking at a, at an entry, you know, thinking like, you know, am I going to read something? And I think, um, the, the notion of celebrating, you know, and I was just thinking about this today, you know, don't wait for a holiday to celebrate something or celebrate life and and uh i've seen that across a, a bunch of plays and screenplays and movies where it's like 
you know, nobody, no, don't, don't appreciate someone at their funeral, right? You know, right. appreciate them while they're living, appreciate the moment. And I, and I don't do that. I don't wait till my birthday to buy myself something. And I don't wait for an anniversary to buy someone a present or to call and say, I care about someone or send them a card, you know? So, you know, I, I wrote a, wrote an entry about the new year. And I said, we will celebrate this evening, celebrate love, celebrate togetherness, celebrate life, celebrate blessings, celebrate the day, celebrate the year, this year, next year, and years to come. And so, you know, take the best of like those holidays that you celebrate and try to bring that into like the everyday. Excellent. Excellent. Paul's book is titled Spirals of Love, A Journey into the Abyss of the Heart Space. We'll have it on yourcron.com. Paul, thank you again for being here. A real pleasure. Really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Blessings. Blessings.